So I'm just going to do a little talking off the top of my head video today. So I was thinking about like if we're going to be raptured this fall. And what we're looking for is not the rapture. Okay, what we're looking for is the second coming of Christ. Okay, just like in the first century, people were watching for the coming of the Messiah. That's his parousia, when he would appear and be the king. And of course, at Jesus' first coming, he came as the suffering servant, as our sacrifice, as the one who was going to die for our sins. And not only that, he trained 12 men who would carry on the ministry after him. And after he died and rose from the dead, he appeared to lots of people. He appeared to the, the apostles, he appeared to Mary, he appeared to uh, groups of people, and uh, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that he appeared to like 500 people all at one time. So there's coming a day when we are going to be passing off our ministry, that, which is basically the end of the apostles ministry and we're going to be handing it over to back to Israel again back to the Jews <laughs> people from uh, the 12 tribes of Israel and they're going to sort of be that new foundation for um, the gospel the spread of the gospel during the end times okay that's that's their thing is during the end times and they're actually not going to be um, hanging around very long because they're going to be testifying during the worst possible time in human history. Just terrific. It's horrible for believers. And so I was thinking about, you know, what is it going to be like when we are made immortal, which is what the male child symbolism is all about. The child is born, and then the child of Revelation 12 uh, has a time period where Satan is going to try to devour the child. That's, that's spiritual warfare. That's what we're talking about there. And then the child is caught up and uh, is presented to God. He goes into God's throne room, and we know that it's on the eighth day that a male child is presented to God. So we have these layers of symbolism. There must have been seven or eight, maybe nine examples of this seven day with a, the eighth day pattern. And remember, prophecy is pattern. We're, we're following the patterns. We're, we're looking at the Bible and we're going through it <laughs> sort of with a fine tooth comb, at least as fine tooth as we know how to do. And we're, we're trying to find the patterns. So the believers in the first century, Jesus' ministry and the apostles, are all prophetic as well. Okay, it's all, it's all a, a part of prophecy. And so we can expect that certain patterns of things that happened in the first century are going to happen again. That's just sort of the way it goes. So when we get ready to leave, it's going to be like after Jesus uh, rose from the dead and he had a, well, in his case, he had a glorified body. We're just going to have our immortal bodies. We'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And remember, that passage isn't about the rapture being changed. It's... It's about how the living are not going to have to die in order to get their version of a resurrected immortal body. So we'll be made immortal, not glorified, but made immortal, which means we're going to have a body uh, that is going to swallow up this present body that we live in. And it's a body of life as opposed to our present body of death. 
it's a, a body full of health and there is no uh, pervasive sin thing going on in an immortal body and we're still going to have the presence of the indwelling Holy Spirit living inside of us. This is something that was never available to Adam. Adam did not have this in the garden. He was immortal as long as he could eat from the tree of life. But once he sinned and the tree of life was removed, well, he was going to die after that. So we actually have an advantage over, over Adam. Um, because Christ, the last Adam, has gone from a man to an immortal person when he rose from the dead to a glorified person, and we are going to be glorified too. So this is all really exciting. It's really wonderful. But how does the pattern play out for um, the end times, for you know the people uh, that are going to see us during those seven days that we're sort of in the doorway, as it were, and in the example of the ordination of the priests, they would have to put on their glorious, beautiful clothes and then sit in the doorway of the tabernacle for seven days. And they couldn't begin their ministry till the eighth day. And uh, they were in full view of the whole camp of Israel. And, and the same thing is true with the cleansed leper. The leper is cleansed, but he can't go to the temple until after he spent seven days outside his tent in the camp, but outside of his tent until the eighth day when he can go to the temple and present the offerings. These are all types and shadows of what is going to be happening with us. We're going to be changed from mortal to immortal, and we'll have these seven days in the doorway before we go into heaven to begin our priestly ministry there. So during those seven days, we're going to be immortal. We're going to come up against a little bit of spiritual warfare because that's what the whole uh, you know, dragon uh, trying to devour the child is all about. And uh, it's, it's spiritual warfare. Satan can't do anything to us physically. He can't kill us because we're immortal. But remember in the book of Daniel that... Um, the prince of Persia came and withstood against the angel who wanted to come and talk to Daniel and give him the answer to his prayers. So it's possible to like be blocked. But, you know, we have more power than the enemy does. We have far more power than the fallen angels do. And it's not going to be hard to do what we need to do in the time period that's given to us. So we're going to be sharing with other people we're going to be showing up <laughs> and this is uh is going to turn out to be uh, the the most important aspect of what happens during that seven days of ministry uh, while we're here on earth is that people will see us in our immortal bodies they'll see us in our immortal bodies this is amazing this is incredible this is what revelation chapter 10 is talking about um, check out my video on that. This is when Christ comes to the earth. He roars like a lion and we are changed. We go from mortal to immortal. And then I believe that we have angels that are assigned to us that will help us be able to know where to take it from there, who to go see, how to do it. And of course, uh, time and space is not going to mean the same thing to us because our bodies are now 
what we would call spiritual bodies. They still have substance, but they're able to actually transcend dimensions. And so uh, we'll be able to travel from, um, you know, from here to there, wherever that is, other side of the world in just the blink of an eye. And like, we don't have to learn a foreign language in order to be able to communicate with somebody in another country. So this is all going to be really amazing, really wonderful. And every one of us will have a, an assignment of something that we're supposed to be doing or saying or communicating. And uh, some of us, uh, we'll have a ministry actually of praying for, laying hands on the people among the 144,000 who are going to come to Christ because of us, <laughs> because of the resurrection, because they see us in immortal bodies. Now, like I've said before, the resurrection of the dead in Christ is going to take place in heaven. And Perhaps they'll be allowed to come here and assist us. I don't know. It's possible. There's really no reason why they couldn't. So, um, you know, this is all really exciting. And we're going to have opportunity to talk to people, maybe even very large groups of people. You know, like Jesus talked to 500 people at one time. He appeared to them. And there's no reason why that couldn't happen with us, too. So this is really important because... This is what people are going to be willing to die for <laughs> because we were the first fulfillment that people could see of the prophecy, end time prophecy being fulfilled. Okay, and I'm not even talking about the rapture yet. Okay, I, seeing us in an immortal body is enough to seal the deal for many people who had maybe been on the fence with Christ. Now, just because they maybe come to Christ during that seven days doesn't mean they're going to go with us when we're raptured. But they, they will stay, and they will be part of the bride of Christ. They'll be part of the body of Christ, part of that heavenly new Jerusalem, because most of these people are going to be willing to die for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So the book of Revelation uses that word testimony of Jesus, you know, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when we think of the testimony of Jesus, it's hard to, you know, like nail down what does that mean, especially the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What, what we're really talking about here is people are going to die for, for the truth that's in the book of Revelation. They're going to know it's true because they see us. Okay, They're going to know it's true. They're going to know that the resurrection of the dead is true. They're going to know that Jesus is real and Jesus is coming back. So the reason I bring this up is, because, is, is for two reasons. The first reason is that Christians, and specifically Christians who believe in the book of Revelation, who have a testimony of seeing somebody that they're actual eyewitnesses or ear witnesses to seeing someone who's been changed uh, that's gonna be called fake news so you know there's this guy out there um, who's sort of the prophet for Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum and this guy uh, Yuval Noah Harari has basically said that Jesus is fake news. Religion is fake news. All religion is is a, a 
is fiction, it's fantasy. And they're going to do a real clamp down on fake news and Christianity will be considered fake news as will especially the resurrection of the dead and the glorification or the immortality of believers. This is all going to be fake news. And people who believe this are going to be at first marginalized and then killed. Okay, because you can't have <laughs> millions and millions of people testifying that they saw their neighbor or their, you know, grandma or their kid or whatever uh, in a an immortal body uh, that could just walk through a wall or could appear here or appear there and you know they had been old and now they're <laughs> young looking I mean people are going to be willing to basically go to their graves believing that the book of Revelation is true and this is not going to be tolerated by the harlot okay the harlot system so the WEFers the three-letter clubs, WEF, WHO, all these clubs, they're actually part of the harlot. They're ushering in that whole beast thing, but they themselves are part of this harlot system. So I've done videos on, on the harlot and the beast and all of that. I have a timeline too, so you can uh, download the timeline and um, you can see how, how the harlot and the beast uh, relate to one another. The resurrection of the dead, Christianity, Jesus, is going to be considered fake news. And there's already laws being passed in Europe that are going to have an effect here in the States and perhaps even laws being, uh, you know, put on the books here in the States too, uh, that you can't promote fake news. In fact, just recently, uh, as of a couple days ago, people who advocate health, um, you know, health foods and natural remedies and all of that are not going to necessarily have their videos blocked, but they're going to go lower in the algorithm so that nobody can find them because they're fake news. So this is something that's really uh, taking steam and it's going to be a major thing, a major thing. Okay, so we have our seven days of interacting with people in the world, which will be amazing. It'll be absolutely amazing and it's just going to be a week of celebration awesome 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 then on the eighth day uh, the people who've been changed from mortal to immortal will be caught up to God and to his throne and that's the 24 elders that you see present in heaven beginning their priestly ministry in Revelation 5 and you also see that before the lamb takes the scroll that the Spirit of God is sent out into all the earth. That's that Joel uh, 2 outpouring again, the one that's going to happen before the great and terrible day of the Lord, which will be after the sixth seal. So this outpouring of the Holy Spirit on everybody happens. Then we see the elders praying. And after that, the first four seals are going to be opened. It's all on the same day, on that eighth day. So... The first four seals includes the rider on the white horse. So the day that we leave is the day that he arrives, that the, the Antichrist. And he's uh, a military person, and he's um, going to be made a ruler, and he's going to continue to go out conquering and to conquer. And the other three horse 
men are going to ride as well. Uh, peace will be taken from the earth and then famines and price controls will set in and also um, death and pestilence and all of that. That's going to start the day that we leave. Okay, so the day that we leave, wars are going to begin to break out. Peace is going to actually just leave the earth. There, there isn't going to be peace. It's going to be nothing but violence everywhere on the day that we're raptured. Okay, this and this is important. I just want you to make note of this. There's reasons, biblical reasons, verses for why I say that the first four seals will be the day that we leave. This, all those seals go together. You can't have war without famine. Okay, they go together. And you can't have famine without disease. They all go together. And if you have extreme levels of violence, you're going to have people starving and people having disease. And all it takes is two or three days and already you're, you've got hundreds of people who are being killed. So this is going to be one of the cover stories for where did we go? because peace is taken from the earth and people are just killing each other right and left. That's on the day that we leave. The day that we leave, peace is taken from the earth. So you've seen these flash mobs of people who just go into stores, just take merchandise out. And you know, we're talking like hundreds of teens or even people in their twenties or, I mean, there's just, you know, this influx of robberies that are happening and, um, shoplifting shoplifting and you can't uh, arrest people who shoplift it's you know it's a crime spree that's being allowed to happen so that people uh, can get used to the idea of breaking the law in ever increasing amounts so that it kind of just doesn't matter anymore and if you have to kill somebody for that bottle of water go ahead and do it I mean it's just unbelievable to even think that way that's the day we're raptured Okay, peace is taken from the earth. The second thing that's going to happen that day, if we go to Revelation 8, which is actually the continuation of Revelation 5. So the elders offer incense on the golden altar. That's Revelation 5. And then in Revelation 8, you see the angel taking the incense and offering it on the altar, throwing the censer to the earth. There's a great earthquake on the earth and that will probably take some lives too. And then the first four trumpet angels. Okay, and when those trumpet angels sound their trumpets, there's going to be this uh, catastrophic earth changes happening basically on one day. Okay, so fresh water, um, salt water, a third of the ships, a third of the um, fresh water. Okay, wormwood coming, a, a mountain that falls into the sea, a, sun going, a third of the light from the sun, moon, and stars going away. This is part of the reason for the famine, is that you can't grow anything. You won't be able to grow anything if you're missing a third of the light. All right, so what is going to happen on the day we leave is catastrophes so many that they will be kind of in, in their own way the cover story because nobody is going to care where we went because we don't know, people won't know where anybody is because of, of all the stuff that's happening and people's hearts will be failing them for fear. It's just going to be horrible. It's going to be so traumatic. 
And that's when the seventh king, the beast, he's not quite the Antichrist yet. He's he's uh, the beast uh, 1.0. And he is going to go out conquering and to conquer. That's his appearance. It's on the day that we leave. That's when he shows up. And I think that he is going to be taking credit for winning the war in Israel. That's what I think. But I could be wrong. I'm kind of speculating on that one. But I think that's the reason why people will look to him in Israel is because he looks like a hero. He looks like a war hero. That he single-handedly um, fought off the enemies of Israel. Because the travail of the woman... Uh, Israel is going to go to war. There's going to be some kind of invasion, a military one. We're not talking about uh, internal strife, but the internal strife that's going on in Israel right now will just um, and sort of embolden her, her enemies. And so before we're actually changed from mortal to immortal, before the child is born, the woman will be in travail. There will be a war and invasion. And you can kind of see that on the horizon. So here's here's the thing. Our rapture will have its own cover story just because of the things that we see happening with the first four trumpets that we read about in Revelation 8 and the effects of the first four seals. So after we're raptured, you know, if if my dates are right, we're, we're going to be raptured over the Feast of Tabernacles uh, on the eighth day. And uh, I, I have a, a date for 2023 rapture, which would be a rapture on October 8th. And, you know, plus or minus 24 hours. I haven't, you know, factored in what the time is in Israel. None of that. But, you know, plus or minus 24 hours. And then on uh, around November 1st, that's when the pit is going to open, the fifth trumpet that pit will open and that's when all of those really bad uh, watcher angels are going to come out and they're going to want to find human bodies to inhabit but they can't touch people who are Christians so there's going to be a lot a lot a lot of Christians a lot of Christians anyway it's going to get really ugly and by the time we get to next spring in 2024 right around Passover time the powers that be the harlot people you know who are running the show right now they're going to decide that they have to get rid of Christians because it's just too much fake news it's just too much and so people will die for the testimony of Jesus they're gonna die because they they saw us and they believe that the Word of God is true they they've seen it playing out the way it says it would happen in Revelation and they're willing to die for it, and they will. They'll die for it by millions. And then prior to uh, the abomination of desolation, which will be March 30th, April 1st, sometime like that um, in 2024, if everything's going according to plan for this year, <laughs> uh, that's when the beast will begin to reign. That's when he'll take over and the beast is actually going to be a 100% person who is indwelt by one of those watchers from the bottomless pit, the, the king of them, Apollyon. And so the beast will die 
and he'll be resurrected. That spirit of Apollyon will be put inside of him. And uh, Satan doesn't raise him from the dead, by the way. Okay, he, he doesn't. Jesus is the one who has the keys to death and Hades. Jesus is the one who's basically controlling all of this and allowing certain things to happen. Uh, so another reason why it's going to be such a bad time here on earth is, is because all of the fallen angels are going to be here on earth. All of them. All of them. Satan will be cast out of heaven permanently. All his angels will be here. All of the imprisoned angels who have been in the pit, the angels who were imprisoned uh, underneath the Euphrates River, all of them, they're all going to be on earth. And that's when they're going to start their golden age. And it's the, it's the fallen entities that Christ is going to judge. It's, it's the watchers and it's the fallen angels from heaven and the demons, okay? People who are the earth dwellers. And by the way, uh, did you know that believers are heaven dwellers? That Revelation talks about those who dwell in heaven. We're heaven dwellers because we've been born from above, right? So uh, in John 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, you have to be born again. So another way to translate that is born from above. You have to have a heavenly birth. So it's one thing to be born physically from your mom, and it's another thing to be born from above. That makes you a heaven dweller if you're born from above. We're not earth dwellers, we're heaven dwellers. The Septuagint actually translates the Nephilim. Uh, the Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Old Testament uh, Bible. And the Nephilim, those uh, giants, the hybrids that were here before the flood, they're, uh, they're called earthborn. That's, that's how that's translated, earthborn. <laughs> so Septuagint and the book of Revelation both see uh, hybrid entities as um, earthborn, as being earthborn. They they don't have a heavenly origin. They're they're from the earth, in a bad way, and uh, they're the ones who never had their names written in the book of life, the book of of the human race. And we read about that in Genesis five, the the book there, the book of life. This is the first mention of the word book in scriptures. Is this book here? And the last mention is the book of life. All right, so first and last. So one of the things that sort of triggered me to want to do this video was I saw the, uh, this terrible flooding that happened in, um, I think it's Libya, and this Mediterranean hurricane that came ashore there and like, thousands of people are dead and I saw this headline and it said 10,000 missing and all of a sudden I went oh my goodness yes this is this is it when people go missing in the rapture it's going to be like that it's there's going to be so much chaos and stuff nobody's going to know where to find anybody people are going to go missing and they they don't know if you were raptured or not there, I mean, there will be people who do know, okay, the 144,000, they'll know, they'll see us go. But just the, you know, your neighbors and so on, maybe who, they just haven't seen you for a while. They don't know where you went. Well, maybe you got caught up in that 
um, firestorm over there or you got flooded out over here and you're, you know, who knows what happened to you. Okay, so there's going to be this confusion about where people are in general. And so where raptured saints go in particular is, is going to be just part of the, of the, um, the confusion of the hour. So here's the other thing, too. I know people teach that every single Christian is going to go in the rapture because we're all sealed to the day of redemption. Yes, we're all sealed to the day of redemption, but our day of redemption may not be the same day of redemption as somebody else. Okay, somebody else's day of redemption is going to be a different day. So, for instance, the 144,000, uh, we see them in a heaven in Revelation 14, and they're singing a new song. They're a raptured group. They're before the throne of God. And their day of redemption, they're redeemed from the earth. Okay, so their day of redemption is a different day. And the fifth seal martyrs are going to have a day of redemption too, but it's not the same day that the 24 elders, the, the male child is caught up. Everyone who is sealed to the day of redemption is going to be redeemed. That doesn't mean it's all on the same day. Okay, that's that's kind of an assumption and it's a leap. But if you only see one rapture, if you've only been taught one rapture, if you don't haven't really been taught revelation, you don't know that there's more than one rapture, there's more than one uh, time of resurrection. Uh, you just see there only being one day of redemption. And if we're sealed to the day of redemption, well, that means it's just this one day. And that's... That is not the teaching of scripture at all, at all. So here's the deal. There, I've done videos on uh, uh, obtaining the inheritance because the Bible makes a distinction. The New Testament does anyway. Paul does. Actually, Jesus does too. A lot of people, Peter, <laughs> Peter, the book of Hebrews, they make a distinction between salvation, which is free and a gift, and the inheritance so there are people they get saved and then they just kind of go live their life or they join some kind of church that's a prosperity church or they they you know there there's something they're looking for something in it for them and we're here to seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and then all these other things are added to us as well but our goal in life is to glorify god and promote his kingdom so that means we're not here, you know, to live our best life, <laughs> all of that, or to, you know, name it and claim it and get whatever we want. That isn't what um, this is all about. Okay, which brings me to one other point here. I, I knew that if I got going, I'd, I'd be able to <laughs> keep going for a while, even though I wasn't wanting to make this a terribly long video. But the, the letters to the seven churches are actually for the 144,000 of Israel. There's aspects of them, the promises and all of that, that can apply to any believer, okay? But the, um, the warnings are for uh, people who are going to be here after we're gone. It's not church history. It's not church history, okay? And how do we know that? I can, I can tell you how we know that. Because of Revelation... Uh, one, I forget the verse, but it says that John was in the spirit. And when people teach, what does it mean to be in the spirit prophetically? What's the prophetic type of being in the spirit? 
It's Ezekiel who was in the spirit. And what happened when Ezekiel was in the spirit? <laughs> the spirit lifted him by the hair and took him to Jerusalem, brought him back to Babylon, took him into the temple, brought him into the future um, at the regathering of Israel in Ezekiel 37 and at the Gog Magog War. Brought him back to the past. Okay, Ezekiel is traveling through time and space. And that's exactly what we see John doing. He's here on earth. He goes to heaven. He's all the way uh, to uh, the new heaven and the new earth. Okay, he, he transcends and he uh, goes through all of this time. So one of the things we know when someone is in the spirit is that nothing is going to be chronological. You cannot assume chronology here at all and so when John sees one like a son of man standing there with his face like the sun we don't know where we are in the story yet okay we have to we have to keep reading Revelation to find out where is this in the story it's sort of like Star Wars the very first episode was like the chapter four or whatever you get thrown into the middle of it that's what's happening in Revelation so the letters to the seven churches, okay, are to people who have um, people opposing them who are Jews and say they are Jews, but they aren't, they liars, and then they're of the synagogue of Satan. And so we can see there's this distinction between Jews who say they are Jews and those who are of Israel, okay, and this is a, also a distinction that the Gospel of John makes. So here's the deal for the 144,000 and really anybody who's left. The harlot has infiltrated all the denominational churches, big time. Uh, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, that's true about the Catholic Church and the Pope and the Vatican. And do you know how many denominations have come out of Catholicism? Episcopal, Lutheran, Reformed, all of those go back to the Mother Church, okay, which is nothing but harlotry there, spiritual harlotry. And the whole idea of Nicolaitanism, which is all about a hierarchy. It's about having victory over the people. It's having um, a congregation and then a pastor and elders who tell everybody what to do, which is prevalent in a lot of churches. So I've done videos on the letters to the seven churches. The thing is, they cannot go to a regular church. Do not, do not, do not. Because the pastors who are left behind, they're left behind for a reason. They're left behind for a reason. And any church that's open after that, that first rapture has happened and people have gotten saved, whatever, any, any church that's open that still has a pastor, that still has a congregation, run away. There's a reason why they're still here. Run away. You're better off to meet in a home. You know, just keep it on the down low and fellowship with one another, love one another, care for one another. Do not be a part of any kind of organizational religion. And that goes for Judaism. Any kind of, of Judaism that's here, um, do not be a part of it any kind of messianic thing where there's believers who are still here with messianic teachers, do not be a part of it. It's, they're left behind for a reason. 
I think that a lot of the churches will be shut down that start to teach <laughs> like the book of Revelation. Um, somebody told me once upon a time, I don't know if this is a, a fact or not, but in, in China, uh, of course, if you're part of the three self church over there, the, the authorized church, not the underground church, that you uh, pastors have to submit their sermons ahead of time to the uh, party people and get them approved. And uh, rumor has it that they're not really allowed to preach from the book of Romans or Revelation. And I think that, um, I know that right now, the uh, Chinese government, communist government, is wanting to have the Bible made more Chinese, whatever that means. But basically, it's removing the uh, the essence of the Word of God from the Bible and just creating basically a work of fiction. Okay, that's it's not going to be the true Word of God. So uh, I also heard something about um, AI commentaries on the Bible. Really, we know we're in the end times. This is not going to go on for very long. It's just not. It can't. It just can't. Um, there's never been a time like this in human history when somebody could control the world uh, and, and control every aspect of our life, take away everything, do a great reset, their version of the Jubilee, which isn't a Jubilee at all. I mean, it's theirs. They get everything and we get nothing. It's a terrible reset. When Christ comes back, he's going to come back in the year of Jubilee, and he is going to do the great reset for us, the year of Jubilee. Everything's going to come back to us. Everything that we've lost is going to come back, and Jesus is the one who's going to make it happen. So I just thought I would put some of this out there. Um, you know, I'm just kind of talking off the top of my head. I'm just sharing some thoughts that I have with you, and... Um, so uh, leave some comments in the comments section. I, I do read pretty much all the comments, especially the first couple, three days that a video is out. I may not read them after that because I actually have a lot of videos and people comment on all my hundreds of videos and there's just kind of a lot of comments to answer all the time. So if you don't get an answer, you know, I apologize in advance. I, I try to do that as much of that as I can, but even I have to sleep. So. We'll see you on another video. Till then, have a blessed day.